Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Or should I call you Akiba Mies? Yes, and hello, Julia Childs. Or shall I call you Stevie Ann? Uh, Julia is good for me. Okay. <laughs> I almost... <laughs> it's a hard one not to immediately repeat. Okay, Indeed. good to know. Good to know. If you missed our last episode, Aki and I went full on into our respective Julia and James accents. Uh, role we will likely reprise. I honestly have been thinking about it since and think that there should probably be some mini episodes with uh, James and Julia, Julia and James, where they like, I don't know, talk about Star Trek or something, but they don't know anything about it. Oh, like a bonus. I like it. Like a skit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Like a bonus Patr- skit. Patrons, let us know how you feel. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash set phasers. Yeah. Um, oh, great. We got that out of the way. That's yeah. what we wanted to say. Well, listen, folks. <laughs> Aki and Stevie here. We're we're back. This is Set Phase. It was a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Today we're talking about season two of Star Trek Picard, episodes three and four, respectively, entitled Assimilation and Watcher. Uh, and today's star date is starting two two oh two four one three point four. Yeah, that's right. I came up with the star date right before we hit record. <laughs> and uh, normally we like to talk about Patreon, but now you know we got a Patreon. Uh, you can go there and support us. And you know, if you're interested in hearing some mini episodes uh, from James, uh, James Mason, and Julia Child, I mean, listen, it could happen. Mm. That could become our main thing. Who knows? It could. And one of the, I think, the last Zoom hang we did was cooking with Aki, so we oh, could God. cook with Aki and Julia. <laughs> That's um, right, Aki, who forgot to get onions for his. Thing that required very much required onions. That's right. That was good times. Good times. Uh, well, listen, we should. Pro- we got two episodes to talk about. That's we should probably just get into it. Let's run it down. Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? Talk about the car It's hard to time that out on Zoom, but I think that's as close as we're going to get. Yeah, I can fix it in post. You could fix it in post. Make sure it all works out. Uh, Okay, so episode three, Assimilation. Remember where we left off? The crew of La Serena had just escaped from the Eradication Day ceremony, and uh, they had gone up to the ship, and they were trying to hook the queen up, and then the magistrate, uh, Hubby, uh, Seven of Nine's stupid husband shows up and he's like, Picard, what about if I put your head on a shelf? Goosh. And, uh, and they're like, what are we going to do? So, at the beginning of this, uh, you know, Elnor gets shot in the chest. Seven tries to, like, cover it. She's like, this is a covert operation. How dare you put your guns down? But he doesn't buy it. He's like, what's my full name? And, and Seven's like, uh, actually, I have no idea. And then, uh, he hits her with the gun, uh, 
and uh, uh, like physically hits her with the gun, doesn't shoot, and then uh, everything goes all into hell. But then the crew manages to turn the tables on these people, and they use the vaporizing setting on these phasers. And it is, in fact, Rafi who dispatches the magistrate, turning him into red neon fireworks. Never, I hope, I truly hope, never to be seen again. <laughs> uh, he did not have faith in the heart. He sucked. <laughs> we will not be saluting him. <laughs> he will get no salutes from us. He can get salutes from a, 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 Star, a Star Trek Confederation podcast. Uh, oh, wouldn't that be fun? We could do an alternate universe podcast. Oh, my God. You could do a weird fascist <laughs> version of our podcast. Uh, yeah, where we're Commandante Stevie. And, um, okay. That's okay. So, Gerardi hooks the board queen up. Uh, they try to get uh, Elnor down to sick bay. There's ships following them. They manage to. Uh, Q shows up briefly and he asks Picard if he wants to see what else he's ruined and then disappears. Uh, the queen gets hooked up. She takes over the ship, turns it all into Borg. And she takes down the pursuing ships and then sends them into warp around the sun, exceeding warp 9.5. Time reverses. Tears get sucked back up into eyes. Sparks fall up instead of down. It's pretty intense and weird. It's like a the Black Hole Sun video. Like, everyone's, like, kind of still, but things are moving in reverse. Anyway, they arrive at the 21st century Earth, which we later find out is 2024. They immediately, the ship shuts down. The queen used all the power, and she's completely passed out. Uh, so its ship is not responsive. They're caught in the gravity well of Earth. Picard takes over nav control because they can't crash the ship into L.A. because, you know, butterfly effect and all that stuff. So they go crash landing into an abandoned Chateau Picard. Uh, and Elnor is dying because of lack of power. They try to get the queen awake or try to get her disconnected from the ship. But it takes too long. Elnor and Rafi have a moment where Elnor tells her to take out his medallion, which gives him comfort. And she sees it says Sem Nyok Kon, which means translates to now is the only moment. Ooh, time. And uh, uh, Elnor dies. Just straight up dies. <gasps> I can't do it. Every time you do it, I try to do it. It hurts. Whew. Man, our big band is really kicking today. And uh, so he gets put into a cold storage. Rafi's super upset. Picard is like, listen, we don't have time to deal with this. I know it goes against everything we believe but we have got to find a way to get time back on track. So Seven and Rios and Rafi are going to go into L.A. and try to find this watcher that the queen talked about. And Gerardi and Picard are going to work on getting the queen to be back awake. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Gerardi scans the queen, finds out that she's alive, but she can't speak because she's trying to speak. It's kind of a weird thing. Picard tells her, like, you know, Borg don't really talk. They talk through the connection of being assimilated, and it's really euphoric and super fun or whatever. And Gerardi's like, oh, I'll try it. And Picard's like, absolutely not. Meanwhile, Rafi is all business. She wants to boom to this place called the Markridge Industrial Tower, which is the highest point, I guess, in L.A., which will allow them to scan all of the rest of L.A. for any alien, like, uh, you know, influences or fields or whatever and so they're going to change into clothes for the period rafi is not going to discuss our feelings about elnor she's basically pinning on our hopes on the fact on the idea not a fact gerardi cannot confirm for her that if they fix the timeline they bring elnor back to life see about that uh gerardi still wants to she says she's going to only partially assimilate with the queen and said picard will be able to watch her her conscious mind will be in with the queen but her subconscious will stay behind and still be talking to Picard. Sounds like fun. Gerardi's subconscious. Sure. 
The team beams out. Jurati connects to the queen. The team beams in to LA uh, because of the how broken the transporters are and the fact that they can't correct for gravitation or something like that. Maybe it's rotation. Uh, they beam in like sort of not all in the same place. Rafi appears on the street. All good. Seven uh, in, appears in front of a child whom they says like, are you a superhero? She's like, you keep my secret and winks. And the kid's like, mm-hmm. And Rios appears on a street. Well, not on the street. About 15 or 20 feet above the street uh, next to a fire escape, which he tries to grab, uh, but does not successfully grab. And he falls down onto the concrete on his face, bleeds out, and passes out. Uh, we come back and Rios is being taken to a clinic by a friendly passerby. Uh, they try to patch him up. He drops his combat, which some kid picks up. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Rafi on the street is in like one of those sort of like large, uh, like unhoused villages in LA. And then like out of an 80s movie, some guy shows up and tries to stick her up for money with a gun. He's like, put him up, everything in your pockets. And so Rafi's like, you gotta be kidding me knocks this guy out minds are taking his wallet because she's like oh yeah money in this future seven finds her it's 2024 there's a big sign for the europa mission all this hope for the future whatever so forth but also this sort of dichotomy of how terrible things are picard is talking to agnes as she is connected to the queen and her subconscious and we get a lot of cool interesting weird things about agnes including her respect for picard but also her hatred for how uh, sort of like cold and self-sufficient he is, but also her own internal demons. It seems like a bout with depression. And that is what the queen is trying to exploit. Picard is watching the screen because when the queen gets to 100%, he's got to pull Agnes out so that she doesn't get completely uh, taken. But then the queen and Agnes start talking at the same time or alternately. And then when he reaches for the thing, her hand reaches up to grab his. And he's like, whose hand is that? And Agnes is like, mine. And the queen is like, mine. And then Agnes is like, mine. And the queen is like, mine. And Picard's like, no way. And he just disconnects. Agnes passes out. Queen passes out, uh, and I think that the like repair to the Queen's up 90% at that point. Meanwhile, uh, Seven and Rafi go to the tower. They're confronted by a guard whom Seven, Seven of Nine people, Seven of Nine, sweet talks into letting them go up into uh, uh, the sort of like unpublic area, saying that they, they are getting engaged and that they were let up there on their first date, and mentioning... <laughs> this guy's co-worker Kevin and saying that he's funner than him and he's like I'm not Kevin's not funnier than me anyway they go up there they do a scan they almost find something then they sort of see Rios's badge going in and out and it's kind of confusing uh Rios meanwhile is in the doctor's office she says he's got a concussion and his hand is dislocated she says he's a classical there's a little whole mm, thing going on between do uh, Dr. Teresa uh I wrote it down later when they say her last name but between the doc and Rios She's like, you're like a classical guitarist and your hand is dislocated. Come on, you got to find a, a better idea for that. And he's all like, I don't know, whatever. And she's like, tell me your favorite story from childhood. And so he starts running down this story about him. he snuck into a, a pilot simulator and had the highest scores and how proud his mom was. And he thinks he's really making connection. And that's when she sneakily repairs his dislocated finger and takes him up and says, all right, there you go. And she says, all right, stay here. <laughs> until you're no longer dizzy, and then you'll be free to go. And that's when he realizes he's lost his comm badge. Seven and Rafi, meanwhile, meanwhile while they're scanning, also see that the, the, the bad future that they just come from is beginning. There's like pollution, the sky's getting destroyed. And uh, so that's kind of like 
when is this divergence in time coming? They're still looking for the Watcher. And then they're like, we got to go find Rios. Rios, meanwhile, is able to stagger out of the room. He finds the kid with the badge, tries to get it from him. The kid is a kid, as kids are. He's all like, I don't know. <laughs> find his Cambridge, mama, mama, ma. Does he know what's at stake? Anyway, uh, Rios tries to trade the kid with a plate of cookies that he finds on top of the refrigerator. But the doctor interrupts him because the kid is her kid. And so she's like, uh, I'll take that and the badge and I'll keep it at the thing. And you put your shirt on because we cleaned your stuff and then you can get your badge at the front desk. I had a feeling at this point that Rios is going to have a lot of trouble getting his badge, but I'm hoping that it comes into play down the line. Uh, Rios gets stressed, tries to get bad, his badge just as he's about to explain that. There's an immigration raid. Ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby. Do 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 they suck? Yes. The queen, meanwhile, is pressuring Picard for the ship because she's awake and Gerardi's asleep. But then Gerardi wakes up and Picard tells her it works. And then Gerardi's like, great, then we don't need to keep this queen activated. And the queen's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm an evil villain. She curls her mustaches. You'll never stop me. You need me. I want your ship in order to give you the information about the Watcher. You'll never know anything because I know where they are and I know what you need to get them. And there's no way you'll stop me. Ma, 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 you poor, selfless, stupid humans. And then Gerardi's like, oh, you know where the you know where the Watcher is? Where is it? And the queen's like, well, she's right. What have you done? And while Gerardi was in there letting uh, the Borg Queen plunder her subconscious, she was plundering the Queen's subconscious and put all that information in a file so she knows the coordinates of where the Watcher is and perhaps more information should they choose to check. And the Borg Queen says, you've done something very dangerous. You impressed me. Uh, Rios et al. run out. Uh, uh, he decides to go back and save the Doctor who's facing off the ice agents. And guess what? He gets arrested that is the end of episode three on to episode four yeah you can stop this train the watcher it's just called watcher whatever picard is trying to contact the team he's not getting any response rafi and seven find the empty clinic they do not see uh uh rios's combat once again i'm hoping this will come into play later on in an important way they but the assistant who was there lets them know that ice came and took rios and if they don't find him soon they're gonna make him disappear Gerardi is still shivering, but they've gone away from the queen. Picard cloaks the La Serena because these evil ships from the evil future have evil cloaking. And uh, they go into the chateau so that Picard can make a fire for Gerardi. He tells the story of the Picards and how they had to escape World War II. And that's when they went to England and they wouldn't come back for years and years and years. But the, the, the chateau would stay in the family. He has a flashback of running to his mother and how she would play Edith Piaf's Ne je ne regrette rien. Oh, man, I almost almost said the French right. Uh, when it, when he was upset to calm him down, uh, Picard's like, Agnes, you need to rest because of what you did. And Agnes is like, thinking is how I rest. And then Picard notices that Agnes is doing all these 15 things. She pulls out a bottle from, from 1915. She uh, moves exactly 15 beads on the abacus and something else. Was, oh, she like the 15th edition of this, the Encyclopedia Britannica. And also she right before he had pulled her out, she had said, I know where the where uh, uh, when the divergence happens it's 15 and then Picard pulled her out so they realized maybe Agnes knew something when she was connected to the queen and they realized 15 it's not 15 hours it's not 15 years the date is April April 12th which incidentally who knows but 2024 and then maybe April 15th they only have three days until history is irrevocably changed and the confederation comes into power meanwhile Gerardi and Raf are on the bus <laughs> listening to terrible rock music but they are able to make a connection long enough for seven to say like hey rob you gotta understand you just lost somebody you're kind of on edge uh maybe rafi takes that information in and handles it well it's kind of interesting because i do feel like generally rafi and seven their their roles are reversed like seven is like the badass 
crazy sort of like washbuckling, washbuckling, swashbuckling, the swashbuckling. Thank you. Uh, and Rafi's sort of the like, I'm here to think about things and go through things. But now Rafi's being super impulsive and Seven is being like the charmer and the, the interpersonal person and all that stuff. <sighs> anyway, uh, uh, Gerardi and Picard are on the ship. They're because they've tried, they figured this thing out, and now they know the location. They can't get in contact with the team, so Picard's like, you gotta beam me to the coordinates to speak to the Watcher. He gets beamed, and guess what? He gets beamed to, you were correct, last episode, Stevie, uh, forward ten, number 10, Forward Street. <laughs> Which, of course, is Guinan's bar that we remember from the first episode. It's empty as he shows up, but I did notice there was a picture of like an afroed woman with hearts for eyes which i thought was very interesting iconography the bar has that alien liquor and in walks a young Guinan. i'm so glad they didn't go with cgi for this and her dog luna it's closing day she's like i'm shutting down shop because i think she knows something's coming picard mentions that she's an elorian and Guinan pulls a shotgun from underneath the bar and points it at him and says who are you meanwhile rafi and seven head to a police station they're trying to find uh, Christos, uh, we get Christos, <laughs> we get Crystal Ball's new name, which is Crystal Ball, uh, which is great. It's very stupid. Why would someone in LA not know the name Crystal Ball? It seems absurd to me, but whatever. It's good for a laugh. They find out that the LAPD won't know where the ICE detainees have been taken uh, because they're not in the same system from a friendly guy in the station. Uh, Rios is in detention. He gets tased for trying to stand up for this other guy. And he asks himself, why does the past hurt so much? And then the doctor comes over and they talk through the, through the gate while they're both in detention. Picard and Guinan are, are drinking with the shotgun on the table. Picard is able to convince Guinan that at least he's not a threat. And then a man named Uncle Dale comes to take Luna, her dog, I guess. Uh, and then Picard quotes Guinan from the future. And uh, our young Guinan gets super sick because she's suffering from something called Avkelt or time sickness, a... a condition unique to Elorians when the timeline has been uh, affected in a, in a, I guess, in a major way. And she's really unconvinced that she's going to help. She's like, I'm just going to get away from Earth as far away as possible. And Picard says to her, and Picard fashion distance offers no protection from time. Meanwhile, Rafi and Seven leave the LAPD, and Rafi is being impulsive. She uses a uh, phaser, which she was not supposed to have, to blow out the windows of, well, like, quietly, quietly blow out the windows of a cop car, get in hijack the computer with a tricorder they're almost some cops come out so seven has to jump into the driver's seat they are able to figure out where uh, rios is being held but then uh when they get in contact with agnes they find out that uh the transport is not working and it's gonna take her a while to fix it like almost a day maybe and so they have to speed to get to to rios it's gonna be an hour so they hijack the car hit the road uh, seven, I don't think knows how to drive a car, but she drives it like a spaceship. So she's handling herself, although she's going the wrong way down a one-way street. And the police realize that the car is stolen, and so a chase ensues. Meanwhile, Gerardi has to negotiate with the queen because the queen can get the the the, the systems of the ship to work better. And the queen tries to like you know do all this you know, manipulation on Gerardi. You're so lovely. I was in your hand. I saw you. But Roddy's like, you're also lonely. How about this? You help me help my friends. And then you and I can share sad sack stories with each other in between crises. And the queen's like, hmm, fine. Uh, so they managed to get the transporters working. We'll jump to that later. Picard, meanwhile. Oh, Stevie, you're gone. And you're back. And we're still recording. It works. Okay. Uh, Picard is out in the street with Guinan. 
Uh, they're donating stuff uh, to another one of those unhoused villages. Uh, he's trying to convince Guinan that humankind will change for the better, but no dis-ice. Uh, so uh, that's not really working super great. Meanwhile, Rios and Teresa Ramirez is her last name. are talking through the gate. Ramirez gets released. Uh, Rios is like, you've helped me enough. Don't worry about it. The ICE officer who tased Rios is, uh, you know, comes over and starts teasing him and asking for proof of identity. Uh, Rios, in uh, the sci -fi science fiction uh, time travel trope, tells him the explicit truth, which the police officer does not at all believe he laughs it off and says i got space for you on the bus you're about to go to some weird detention center and disappear rafi and seven are driving around rather recklessly i wrote uh uh and they uh well agnes manages to work things out with the queen such that when they are surrounded by cops and they stop the car they're able to beam out and they end up on a hill just by where the uh the bus is coming uh uh let's see uh, Picard is still trying to get Guinan to help. She says he's not the one she's looking for. She ain't a watcher. He finally tells her his name. She curses and gets into the car because apparently this is something she felt. Uh, this this changed things. Picard didn't want to tell her name because he didn't want to change her path. And then she says, listen, uh, I'm not the watcher, but I can get you face to face with her. She's kind of a pill, but she's definitely going to want to meet you if you're truly Picard. She takes him to a park gives him back the communicator that she stole off of him because she thought it was a weapon. A child comes with completely wide eyes, threatens Guinan and says they're going to put their foot through her face. Guinan's like, all right, she's not kidding. I got to go. Uh, the girl tells Picard to take his hand, pulls him over to a different part of the park, uh, has him pop the energy cell out of his communicator. This reverts to normal. Others are possessed and they're directing him. We'll come back to that because that's the big dun-dun-dun at the end of the episode. Uh, wait, did I get... No, 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 that's it. And so... Uh, Picard walks through a tunnel. Other people help direct him. Uh, and guess who the Watcher is? Are you ready with dun-dun-dun? The Watcher is none other than Laris. Damn. That was uh, really inappropriate. I, I almost fell out of my chair when I saw that. I also was like, who is that? <laughs> I was like, what? I know this, bro. Whoa. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's the Watcher, and Picard's like, oh, Laris, and she comes over, touches his shoulder, and they disappear in a block of smoke. I don't know, it's a little weird magic science. And the whole episode's end with Q talking to himself or a woman who's paying him no attention in a little, like, outside cafe in a corporate park, talking about fear and doubt, and he's worried about something. I mean, definitely Q is not well. He's monologuing in a, in a way that speaks to, like, uh, true anxiety and concern. And then he snaps his finger and nothing happens. The woman laughs at the book she's reading and he says, that's unfortunate. Oh, that's unexpected and most unfortunate. And here endeth episode four uh, of season two, season two of Star Trek Ricard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you want to chat about that? Good Lord. Woo. I say, darling. Let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do. Well, let's do. Let's do. What do you want to chat about? Oh my God, it's bonkers. I very nearly dropped an F bomb. That's how bonkers it was. It was bonkers. I think episode four was possibly my favorite thus Episode four was truly a delight. I mean, I really enjoyed the yeah. seven and mafia hijinks, of course. Of, uh, that, yeah, that was my favorite. I think yeah. that's almost my season highlight. 
Yes. The car, the arguing in the car. It was very like, <laughs> what am I watching? A super, like a great action film? I felt like I was watching like Die Hard or something. It was great. But they just played it so well off each other with like straight man, funny man. Yes. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Woman, straight woman, funny woman. Straight, straight people, funny people. That, that sounds strange. Mm. Well, anyway, the point is they have rapport. To rapport. What was the uh, was the crazy thing about him seeing Guinan in 2024? Is that the canon thing that everyone's yes. upset about? And her not knowing who he was. And not knowing who he was because there was that episode where they meet in yes. like Mark Twain times, right? But to me, I don't think she's been there that long. I think this was her before she was even in Mark Twain time. That's how I am thinking about this. You're thinking she's been there and eventually she goes back in time to Mark Twain times? Yes. So this is, yeah. I mean, listen. Because she's I'm younger. Not... That's why I'm like, her in Mark Twain time is her even before she meets Picard in the 24th century. But it's after now. Right, right. Listen, it's time, baby. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I don't care that she doesn't recognize Picard in what they he was she was gonna be like oh, the Mark Twain's friend or whatever. Yeah, There's I'm sure the nerds over at there have figured something out. Yeah, but I, I think it's like all of the nerds in the Star Trek world going crazy about that. And like Yeah. You know, why do we think that her time is linear? Like her Precisely. timeline in Star Trek is linear. It's it, yeah. I, I well, it doesn't have to be. And why could she not just have a holiday to like eighteen seventy or something? Right. She could she's traveling. She's not worried about time and all that stuff. Also, if 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 Elorians can suffer from af 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 Kelt, mm -hmm. then they're familiar with time being kind of all wonky and different timelines and so on and so forth. Anyway, I think it's people who are a little too uh, I don't know, too sort of like adamant about canon. Like, let a story happen. Let's see where it goes. Be disappointed at the end of the season when they wrapped everything up. Then you can be like, well, here are my major problems. That's what I do. Mm. Don't do it at the end of season four. Have fun. Agreed. Yeah. I, I'm perfectly happy with where it's going and where it's at. Well, I'm happy too. And I want to tell everyone that the show is great so far. It's really lovely. I liked uh, the Agnes and her subconscious is very strange. That was a weird when they set it up. I was like, this is going to be a weird scene. And it was a weird scene. And uh, but I think it did in, it like move the story forward emotionally for Agnes. Like you were saying, we get a lot of Agnes going on here. And even her interaction with the queen in episode four tells us a lot about where she's at in her headspace. Uh, that she then just like walks away from the queen. She's like not honoring the deal. She's like, I locked you out of the systems and just leaves in her long cardigan. Mm -hmm. Strong. Um, and what else do I like? It's a lot. Of, there was a lot to like. I don't know. I guess I'm worried about Rios. But how are they going to knock over this bus? Oh, they do it. Don't worry. I mean, of course they do. <laughs> this like episode four. I didn't see as much in episode three, but episode four was full of like Trek references and Easter uh -huh. eggs, if you will. I even picked up one somewhere. I don't know where I wrote it down now. But oh, I was yours. like, oh, that was an Easter egg. That was a thing. I was like, hey, that's a reference to a thing. Uh, I don't know. I write thing. I write the plot, so I don't really write down when I notice. I just wrote it in a doesn't matter. I have one, uh, two, three, four, five, six. You found six Easter eggs? Sure did. Should we go into a, a brief Easter egg thing right here in the middle of chat about that? Yeah. Chat about that? 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to the Easter Egg Hunt. It's Easter time here in uh, Set Phaser's uh, headquarters. And we go now to Stevie on the Easter Egg Beat. Stevie, what have you got for us? Well, hi there, Augie. Hi there. Good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, I'm here in uh, Season 2, Episode 4 of Star Trek Picard. And I can tell you there are some crackers All right. of uh, Easter eggs for you. Oh, yeah. And it happens to be Easter very very shortly so this is just fun fun all right who wouldn't want to everyone's play having this? fun we're all having fun uh-huh. <laughs> um so let's see i'm not sure if this is in, in uh, order but certainly when picard beams down to 10 forward mm-hmm. um and you may see this later on guinan's car i don't know why it says this but her license plate is s02 e01 as in wow. season two, episode one, although this appeared. is four. But yes, when she first appeared. Yeah. Yeah. So that is interesting. Uh, also, obviously, we have 10 Forward Avenue, where her bar mm-hmm. is. Thank you, thank you. And mm-hmm. we have Mr. Rocker on the bus, Kirk Thatcher, reprising his role from Star Trek Four, yes. playing yes. a song called yes. I Still Hate You, which is a play on the I Hate You, which he was playing yes. and a fake song. Um, in the original uh, Star Trek number four, uh, Voyage Home. Boy, the Voyage Home, yes, yeah. indeed. So that was rather fun. And apparently like, he has... Sorry, I still love that song. I know. He, this is not the second time he's played that role. This is the second time within Star Trek he's played this role. But he also, I believe, played it in a Marvel film. I'm slightly forgetting which one because Whoa. I believe he was friends with this little some writer on the show or director or something who was a big hmm. Star Trek fan. Wild. So fun, fun fact. Uh, when they were walking from Guinan's bar, mm-hmm. they passed by Floyd's barber shop. And Mr. Kirk himself walked past that barber shop with Joan Collins in Star Trek, the original series, in the episode The City on the Edge of Forever. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the signage was exactly the same. Wild. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just kept that prop. Who knows? Yeah. Um, fun bit of canon. Picard's accent was explained. Did you notice yes, that? I did that notice that. Fun. Yes. So it's they discussed uh, Picard, Chateau Picard, sorry, was uh, occupied during World War II. The family mm. snuck out through the tunnels underneath and moved to England. Uh, foreshadowing the tunnels underneath Chateau. Um, fun. So at the very, very end, when Q snaps his fingers, and mm-hmm. nothing happens. The uh, girl who was reading the book, hmm, wonder who she could be, was reading a Dixon Hill novel. I noticed that. Yes. Okay, great. I did notice that. Very good. Yes. Entitled The Pallid Sun. Now, the pallid man was a character from 12 Monkeys where Telly Metalis was a showrunner. And Telly Metalis, who is now, I think, showrunner on Picard. Time traveling. Look at all of those Easter eggs. Can you believe it? Those Easter eggs are bonkers. I remembered what my Easter egg was because of that Sean Dixon quote. Because uh, uh, a guy that says, look at you, uh, Sean Dixon. Oh, Jurati says, Dick, look at no, you, Dixon. No, uh, Dr. Teresa says that. No, does Jurati say that? Jurati. Who Who's Dr. Jurati says it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Aki, that is it from season two, episode four of our Easter eggs. Star Trek Picard, back to you in the studio. 
Thank you very much. And back to you, Steve Yanaki, in your studio. Okay, yeah. So that was cool <laughs> that they have all these Easter eggs. I know. And I also feel like that points to an idea that maybe Guinan's time is not linear. It's like, oh. you know. And she was I, actually, I just feel like, she visited. She was part of the Dixon Hill, um, the big goodbye. Yeah, she was there. That's right. Exactly. I just suspect, I forgot what just made me sure that she was something that she says is like something that she would only know or knows later which means that maybe she does things not quite anyway it doesn't matter mm. time is timey wimey okay <laughs> no one knows how timey wimey timey wimey very good um yeah well i'm very excited to go on episodes five and six i'm Indeed. terribly terribly excited i'm almost caught up to everybody else yeah i know this is why we have to run it down <sighs> fucking fast this is where that's why I got to run it down so fast. Episodes five and six coming at you next, but you don't need to know that. What you need to know is quotable moments. Quotable moments. If you see where I get my uh, Julia from. In fact, my accents don't really change. Yeah, yeah that's my, wonderful. My, though. my voice. Well, they is... become archer. <laughs> hmm? Your, the accent becomes more arch. Oh, arch. Quotable moments. Yeah. I thought you said yeah, that's I right. become more like archer, as in captain. And I said, oh, I don't think so. Yeah, you become more like Captain Archer. You're super into water polo. Mm, uh, you're only beagles. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. You like to eat fruit salad or something. Mm, um, broody a lot. Broody, broody. A lot of brooding, walking with your shoulders. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah. Anyway, quotable uh, <laughs> Quotable moments. Okay, quotable I have moments. a few. Go for it. Uh, I very much enjoyed... Um, uh, Gerardi talking after the Borg Queen is like, oh, where are my and she says, computer, dictate the file log shit I stole from the Borg Queen. <laughs> so good. Oh, so she's, good. she's really good in that. I love her. Mm. Fave. Um, I had Crystal Ball. Is that like a stage name or something? Oh, yeah, I wrote that down right away. I Desk love it. Cop to I love that they're so going to call him Crystal Ball. Which is great for the whole timey-wimeyness of it. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Gerardi saying it's a partial assimilation and Picard saying halfway to hell is still not a recommended uh, destination, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, which is pretty solid. Uh, oh, the queen, when she's like in her fugue of, of sending them through time, she says, move backward to go forward, shatter to mend. The past is now. It's creepy. It's creepy. Heavy. Um, I didn't actually pick up on too much from episode three, but episode four, I, it was just a treasure trove of quotes. And w- one of my favorite moments of all time from this series so far is Rafi walking away from the desk at the cop. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I hate everything. But you hide it so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just such a good pair. We're watching. I'm ready for the Lethal Weapon reboot with. Uh, seven of nine oh, and Rafi. This is just so it's just too good. They're such a good pairing together. Yeah. Like not yeah. only like as a couple, but just as a comedy duo. They just have that yeah. back and forth works. So I well. mean yeah, like from the audiobook, they should get their own like mini like maybe three episode just like they solve a crime or something. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah well, any more? Uh the only other one I is I have is the Girati. Uh, when she says to the board queen, well, have a good night or whatever it is board queens do. Mm-hmm. Oh, have a good night plotting or whatever it is board queens do. <laughs> yeah, so. um, I had one more and it was Picard. Change always comes later than we think it should. 
Mandy, yeah, that's such a, such a Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc, sometimes I think the only reason I come here is to listen to these wonderful speeches of yours. Can't overuse hmm. that, can we? You can't. No. And it's kind of true, isn't it, Q? <laughs> isn't it true? True, isn't cool. True, Q? true Q. Do we uh, have we any breaking news? No, we. I mean, there was a lot of news over the weekend, which we've already covered, I think, true. with Star Trek true. Mission Chicago. And there's just well, fan stuff. It looks really fun. But sadly, nothing uh, yeah. nothing new. They've dropped all of their, their bombs, really. So they say. Um, well, I guess then there's nothing left to do but wrap this bad boy up. Let's do that. <laughs> Next time on As Seven Stevie Fate. tries to find the button. Let's do <laughs> that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to us. This has been a real pleasure. If you've enjoyed the episode, uh, you can listen to us. Uh, download us wherever you get your podcast from. We put out new episodes every Monday and sometimes on an advanced schedule when we're super behind because of something that happened to me. Uh, <laughs> Stevie? Bonus, bonus, bonus. And if you want to join our Star Trek loving community, you can do so on uh, patreon.com forward slash setphasers. We host watch parties. We host Zoom parties. We host cooking shows with Julia and uh, James uh, just for funsies. Um, Of course, you also get early episode access, video and audio, and just generally get to hang out with us, which is uh, really the best thing that we It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I try on glasses sometimes. Yeah. We're we're a delight. We're uh, so a delight. Delight. Uh, please okay. do join us at patreon.com forward slash set phases. Yes, and while you've got your tabs open, you might as well sign on to social media and follow us on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook. Where we're set phases podcast on Instagram, I think. Uh, yes, I think and that's right. And on Facebook, set phases. Yes, meme game strong. I speak of Stevie, of course. Indubitably, my dear fellow. Well, uh, I think is that everything we covered it all. I think so. Nothing. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Stevie Mans, and I'm a crystal ball. And this has been (laughs) uh, said phasers, a highly illogical, clearly Star Trek podcast. Computer. Next time. Pick the wrong fucking button, will you, computer? End the program. Pick the right fucking button. You hit the wrong fucking button. (laughs) We'll have to put an explicit on this episode. Oh, my goodness. Indeed.